just to launch this conversation. This is our playground. They have spontaneous conversations. They don't plan this. I mean, there's actually something sort of spiritual about that. What's he do? He's a human being. <laughs> yeah, I'm a sexist feminist. We should be friends. <laughs> And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the latest edition of the Robin Callie Show. My name is Callie Alpert. I'm here with my brother, soul brother friend, Rob K. How are you doing tonight, Robbie? What's up, Callie Alpert? What's up, world? What's up, <laughs> listeners? Thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight, listening to the show. Always. Just want to thank the listeners. Without y'all, we would not have a show. It would be just me and Callie talking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and often it is when we're not on the air. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's just us blathering away yeah. on the phone and, and yeah. on street corners and all kinds of things like that, right? That's right. So what's going on? So welcome to the talkradio.nyc studio. We got Sam on the board tonight. And um, yeah, I was just, I was uh, outside the building before the show and I was just taking in the nice spring night in New York City. And I was singing, it's the end of the world as we know, and I feel fine. And I was like, Mercury, you're kicking my ass. Could you give me a break already? No, I'm and so ready. Yeah, well, I think it ends tomorrow, right? So Yeah, it's, um, well, I think the fourth, but don't quote me. Sometime at the end of this week, and then there might be okay. a few shadowy days. I'm looking at Sam because he tends to know the details on these things. Oh, oh well, all right. Well, I'm going to pretend we didn't hear that. No, he said it's not until next week. Oh, until I thought it was this week. completely fades away. Right. I thought it was like the fort or whatever. Some, well, the, sh- very the shadow soon. can be powerful as yeah, well. Yeah, so, sometime soon. We're ready. We're ready for it to turn its ass around, right? Right. It's a, and as I was staying there, this woman walked by and she was on the phone. She's like, yeah, and I just feel like I'm in limbo. And I was like, <laughs> I hear you, sister. Yeah, man. It's really, I just, um, I often feel it before it happens. It's not like I track the you know, the Mercury retrograde calendar, but then I always start feeling it, and then I check, and and I would say you know most most often it's um it is happening. Yeah. You know, this time I think we talked about it a little bit last week. I had um some people from my past came out and unsolicited. Um, oh, tomorrow Sam just confirmed. Amen. Yes, 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 yes. I'm so happy. And then shadow period is another few lingering days. Okay, good. All right. So we can... We're talking about Mercury retrograde, everybody. For those of you (laughs) who don't follow astrology at all, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, you want to explain real quickly what that is? It's it's where Mercury slows down. It looks like it's going backwards, but actually just stops. And it's a time where we look at our past and people from our past come back into our life and we re-examine things, Mm re-learn things, re-evaluate things, and kind of just take stock of our past so that we can move forward into our future. Yes, I'm very... Isn't that fun? (laughs) It's a it's a freaking party. Yes, it's a lot of fun. All right, so should we just get to our guest? Because I'd much rather hear her talk, at least than me. I'd like I'm happy to hear you talk, but no, I definitely want to hear her talk. I'm excited for you to introduce her. Okay, good. So um, tonight, yes, we are so excited to welcome Danielle Laporte to the show tonight. Good evening, Danielle. Hello, Hello from Vancouver. Hey, Danielle. Danielle is a speaker, a poet, a former think tank executive, a disruptive spiritual warrior, and an invited member of Oprah Super Soul 100. Her latest book, White Hot Truth, Clarity for Keeping It Real on Your Spiritual Path from One Seeker to Another, is the muse for our conversation tonight. So we're so happy to have you. I, I never know exactly in the, in the, you know, the other times where I've been um, had the gift of being able to interview you, you have so many juicy titles and tentacles that I'm never quite sure exactly how to introduce you. So is that cool? Yeah, that worked. All right. I'll take all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you'd like to add that we neglected? Uh, sometimes I paint, I don't cook, uh, I do great picnics, I'm a mom, uh, I can rock out on the drums, just like once in a while after my kids' drum lesson, and, um... Once upon a time, I wanted to marry Steve Winwood. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as we as we just had the um, the, the little moment um, to talk about before we went live, uh, we were talking comparing our notes about some of our rock and roll fantasies, right? Because I too had a crush on Steve Winwood back in the day, mm-hmm. and when I saw when I learned that about you, I um, I could really relate. But Robert Plant's first for me. Anybody that knows me knows that we're married. And I think Robert's available, so don't give up the dream. Yeah, you know well, Danny, 
yeah, go ahead. Danielle, I got to tell you that Callie's made it very clear that if Robert Plant was ever available to co-host the show, I'm out of a job. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> so yeah, she's like, she's like, I, you don't have to stop by that show. You know, she's I'm got like, it covered. I'm gonna find another Rob, and it's gonna be that Rob. It's good to know where you stand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I love you. So let's get into. Let's talk about um, you and your book. I mean, this this latest book of yours, White um, White Hot Truth. First of all, is you know, I I, I think. Um, I had um, I had said that I, I consider it sort of a permission slip for everybody who considers themselves a seeker or is on some sort of a spiritual path because oftentimes it seems as if we put so much pressure on ourselves to do it, to do our road to enlightenment the right way. And um, so the first thing I wanted to ask you about is when you first knew that you were a seeker, like did you have some sort of a, a moment or a revelation or were you always sort of mindful that you were on a path? Uh, well, I was a super religious little kid. So I think it's, I was born, I was born this way. Um, yeah, just curious, very ritualistic went to a Catholic grade school. I had, you know, I had my Barbie house, but I had my little statuettes of the Virgin Mary and I had baby Jesus and just, like, wanted to know. So there wasn't an aha, just always a little weird. You know, in 13, you know around 13, 14, then it went, it turned into Ouija boards. Mm. And then shortly after that, I was introduced to the Course in Miracles. And then it turned into like more channeling stuff, and then, and then you know you cut your new age teeth on Louise Hayes. Mm-hmm. You can heal your life, mm-hmm. and it just goes on from there. Yeah. Did you do Ouija boards also, or I'm sorry, not Ouija boards, levitation, where you levitate your friends with two fingers or four? <laughs> Remember that one in the back in the day? <laughs> yeah, that, was, that happened. At, I, we try tried spoon bending. There uh-huh. is no spoon. Yeah. <laughs> Um, actually, Sam does like a spoon bending workshop. So if you're ever in the city, you got to stop by. Yeah, oh, she's coming to me. Oh, yeah, cool, yeah. cool. Um, but one thing, you know, that I really appreciate about you, Danielle, just watching your videos and, and knowing some of your work is how solid you are as a spiritual warrior. And over the years, I've called myself a prayer warrior, a spiritual warrior. And I just love how you kind of have focused on so many different parts of spirituality, not just the the nice and fuzzy positive stuff, but this stuff can be painful, can be tough. And one thing I really appreciate, appreciate about you is how grounded you are. So maybe you can talk about your journey towards enlightenment, but also being sort of this grounded teacher that you are. Mm-hmm. Well, faking it has a cost. <laughs> so, um, you know, for all those times where I said yes, but I really should have said no, or I signed the contract when, you know, I was feeling kind of nauseated about things, or when I thought, huh, that teacher's kind of creepy, but I was like, no, no. They have great branding. They must be <laughs> solid. Right. So, you know, just all those times where, like, it denied my intuition, I now look at those times as, like, initiation points. And that's really what I want to get across to people right now. It's like, the idea here is that you're going to see how silly you've been, how much money you've wasted, how much power you've given away. And instead of getting down on yourself... How about just seeing those as like, that was the perfect thing to do at that time, to learn to use my voice. That was, I'm so glad I got duped by that workshop leader, Mm, because now I'll never fall for that shtick again. So it was like all those things I could have labeled as being off track, to really like to zoom back and say, oh, I was on track. I really had good intentions of waking up and being of service and... You know, like I say in White and Hot, White Hot Truth, you got to fall for some lies. Mm. It's your truth. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of recognition of initiations. Does anything, first of all, just so you know, you can curse on this show in case. Oh, you, fuck. <laughs> I felt a little, I felt some other word when you said shtick, so I just needed to say that to you, just in, just in case. Yeah, fuck yeah, more, go ahead. <laughs> wanted to be more emphatic. Um, did Do you have any standout stories of um, times where you really couldn't believe that you were in the middle of uh, this particular soul-searching situation? Oh, well, 
Yeah, I need to write about this one more deeply if I ever write a memoir, which I'm never going to do. So I'll just tell you now. Uh, <laughs> never. You know, I was in a professional relationship with a healer for almost two years, where it was regular phone calls and coaching and energy work. I purchased a lot of very large stones and crystals. And I really was turning to this person to help me heal from my divorce and help me grow my career and just real-life, messy, awesome things. (laughs) And it all started to unravel. And I started having a series of really disturbing dreams about this person, and they were so um, upsetting that I thought, "I I must be off. Which is off right there, right? Mm-hmm. I just like that can't be. That can't be. It must have been. Oh, it just must be some fear I'm processing. Something is coming up, and things got clearer and clearer, and then it just kind of this this magical element started to come in where a friend called and said, "Hey, I was just talking to this." psychic friend of mine and they asked me about this friend of mine who has long dark hair who has a big crystal in her house that's you they want to talk to you i was like shit okay and then another friend called and said you know you're in the situation with so-and-so and i was talking to this healer friend of mine and they asked me if i had this friend with long dark hair who has crystals in her house you need to get those stones out of your house and it was just this amazing sort of unraveling and i realized that uh, I'd been being used for my my love and my connections and my cash, and that if someone has the capacity to program a crystal to heal you, they have the capacity to do other things to stones. Like, I've always believed that minerals are a technology that can be used, mm-hmm. and they can be used in positive and negative ways. Mm-hmm. And I started putting it all together. And, yeah, that was a big, huge initiation. And my greatest, I mean, my my bullet point of that was, if you want to be a light worker, and you're really going to pick what side you're on, you're going to be tested. Mm-hmm. And the test really came after that, you know, realizing, wow, this dude is no good. Yeah. Yeah, and it's about learning the lessons, right? You know, and if we don't learn the lesson, it's going to keep repeating until we finally learn it. And, you know, that's we've, fun. We've, yeah, we've <laughs> talked about it on the show, Danielle, before how Callie and I both found ourselves in situations in the past where we, we thought we were learning from people or we thought we were in a relationship that was really good for us that wasn't. And it turned out that we learned so much about ourselves so that, you know, that'll never happen to anyone else I know, you know, who's close to me. I'll make sure that doesn't happen if I can help it. Um, but also it's, it's enhanced my own life where I just have better relationships because of it. So we're going to go to our first break. And when we come back, we want to hear all about your book, the impetus for it, how this whole thing started. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Robin Kelly Show, everybody. Tonight, our guest is Danielle Laporte. And uh, yeah, Danielle, let's get into your book. So how did you come up with the idea for this book? How did What was the whole start of it? Uh, suffering, agony, and epiphanies. Oh, I can relate to that. that <laughs> yeah. That's been my last week. <laughs> that's, my, that's, that's our middle name, really. That's what that is. Yeah. In that Actually, order. that's how we were going to describe this show, but we didn't think we'd get a lot of listeners. So we like, we got to think it's a little more positive, Callie. It's not a great hashtag. We fought about it for a while, but I won. <laughs> yes, you did. So what, I was so just more... tired of trying to be better, mm. and uh, I, you know, I just I realized that going to another workshop or talking to another shaman or shrink or forcing myself to get to yoga or being stressed out about not meditating was actually not helping me <laughs> get where I wanted to go, be who I wanted to be, and I was tired. But I was seeing the same kind of dynamic with my girlfriends of, you know, this kind of spiritual striving. 
And I thought, huh, <laughs> I know it's not just me. I mean, it's never just me. If I'm feeling it, somebody else is feeling it. Certainly, like, my inner circle mm. is probably going through the same thing. And I was going to write a book about encouragement. And I thought, well, you know, the most encouraging thing would be to just get really real mm. about what it means to, quote, unquote, be on the spiritual path. And... There's a couple ways to do that. One is I'll tell as many stories as I can about being a fool. <laughs> and I'll be even more opinionated, if that's even possible, than I have been in the past about what I see is happening in the marketing of spirituality. <laughs> and I will be a stand. I will bring this round to the reason we all you know, want to grow and make a contribution is is back to devotion. So, yeah, that's that's why. I mean, ultimately, of course, to be a service, but it came out of a place of real exhaustion. Mm. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, I came into the studio tonight and I was telling Rob and Sam that I'm super tight in my, like, heart chakra and radiating through my back, preoccupied with some, st- some stuff that I'm dealing with right now. And, um, you know, I tried everything. I meditated. I worked out. I did kundalini breathing. I did primal screaming in my car on the way over <laughs> here. I mean, the full <laughs> toolbox. I ran the gamut, and I still am feeling it. And now I was holding a, a rose uh, quartz that Sam gave me to hold, which, which has helped. And now that we've started the show, actually, I'm much more present than I was. But, you know, so question to you, um, and this is speaking to one of the chapters um, in your book when you talk about um, when worship becomes work. Do you think that some of these 21st century mantras like, you know, let it go or I'm going to try to detach or surrender or it's meant to be, does that, is that counterintuitive? Like, does that put pressure on us and does it work in exactly the opposite way? I think all of those are only half of the story or the solution or the theory. And sometimes the first response but the first response should be everything happens for a reason. And that's the cure in that moment. And sometimes that is the last thing you need to hear. And that has nothing to do with being real and being honest and being human. So I think when we take those as um, as sermons, as like the only way, then, well, that's how it all becomes dogma and we get pulled out of our own power. So, yeah, sometimes there's, you know, the time to say, all is forgiven. I I get that we're all in this together. I get that there's, like, a bigger picture. And sometimes the most enlightened thing to do is to say, fuck off, unacceptable. My opinion is spiritual counsel. You know, it's being real is a real spiritual Mm. endeavor, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, and Danielle, I just love your vocabulary, like the fact that you use the word messy or, you know, act like a fool, you know, it's like, those are things that I try and practice in my own spirituality, in my own life, you know, this past couple of weeks, I've been really messy, been, you know, really practicing what I preach and uh, learning some lessons and grieving old breakups and things like that, and it's been really messy, and at the same time, it's like, I'm trying to keep it real, and it's something that we try and do on the show and that we appreciate any spiritual teacher talking about that part of spirituality is being messy and it isn't having your shit together all the time and isn't talking flowery language all the time and everything is just great sometimes it's not and that's all right you know Mm -hmm. yeah that's real that's whole that's human compassion yeah yeah oh yeah i'm a human being aren't i <laughs> <laughs> i forget that sometimes it's in the show open my friend I remember know, it know. must be true All right, there you go um but to these points as well you know i um you, you talk also danielle about the idea of like tolerance or rising above is sometimes being you know again um count, <clears throat> excuse me counterintuitive to to move to evolving Right, because can't can't that sort of be at our own expense, at our uh, at our own authenticity's expense, to mm-hmm. tolerate or to be okay with certain situations or to, you know, be open to things that might not be as acceptable as a book mm-hmm. or a teacher would tell us they should be. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think a lot of us uh, fall into the trap of taking a lot of crap that we don't deserve, 
but we're doing it to be a quote-unquote more spiritual person, to be more loving, more accepting, more harmonious. If, you know, if I've got my racket and the stuff I'm dealing with, then surely they have their stuff that they're dealing with. I should let them off the hook. When really, you know, how we're being treated is neglectful or abusive or disrespectful. And we're not putting ourselves into the mix when it comes to love. Like, there's so... Um, there's so much talk about harmony and about being loving that it's easy to forget that it does need to start with us, but sometimes love and respect starting with us doesn't look very harmonious. Right. Like to respect myself and honor myself, I need to have boundaries. I need to say, that's not okay, or I'm not going to work those hours, or you can't treat me like that, or I'm out of here. It rocks the boat, which looks... You know, you're using the word counterintuitive. It looks counterintuitive. It looks in opposition to all the really sweet spiritual things we're taught about so much, which is acceptance, tolerance, compassion. Yeah. It's got to start with you. Yeah, and it's like there are both sides to it, right? There's like the dark side and the light side, like you've talked about. And I think that naturally, if you look at animals, they express themselves. If you look at children, they express themselves. And as adults, I think, you know, we go from the heart into the head and we overthink things. And we also, some people have trouble finding their voice. And I think one of the most powerful things that you teach that we talk about on the show is people using their voice. And when you say to somebody, ouch, that hurts, or no, I don't want to do that, or I'm not going to do this anymore, instead of I can't do this anymore, you're like, I won't do this anymore. When, when people start using their voice, it's the most powerful, natural way to be, yeah. I think. And also, but people don't like it, which is another thing that, Danielle, you talk about in the book, is that all of these... Um, these sort of um, measures lead up to the idea of self-respect and self-love, right? And yet then there can be fallout from that if people around you are unaccustomed to it. Mm-hmm. You find that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, boundaries can create conflict. Yeah. And there's lots of discussion in this space about how important it is to love yourself, but I don't think there's enough discussion about the difficult but positive consequences of loving yourself. So, um, you know, it goes back to what I was saying about disharmony. And, you know, to love myself, I might not take that family vacation. To love myself, I'm not going to work those extra hours. To make sure I'm healthy and I'm strong, and if I'm healthy and I'm strong, then I can be of service to the whole, then that means i got to walk away. And all those things can create pushback and people can say you know this is where it gets really hard is you can be accused of all those things you've been afraid of being accused of you're flaky you're a diva you're arrogant um you're not love you're not there's a big one you're not you're not as spiritual as you say you are because <laughs> you've just hurt my feelings <laughs> right i'm not very loving but actually it's how i need to take care of myself and yeah, peace out. Yeah. So, you know, to that point, then, I'd like to ask you, how do you define spiritual? Like, what's your definition of your most spiritual self? What does she look like? Oh, God, that's a great question. It's like asking, being asked, how do you define art? Yeah. Uh, okay. We can try. I think it's about having an intention towards being conscious and awake and sensitive. I think it has everything to do with wanting to be inclusive and loving. For me, it has to do with wanting to know about God and creation. You know, I'm really curious about the esoterics of how things are created. Mm-hmm. It's about... Oh, yeah, love. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great description. I know, I like that. I like her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to go back to what we were talking about before about how sometimes there's shame and, and suffering or we get ashamed of ourselves as spiritual people trying to practice this stuff. What do you think that's about? Why do we get ashamed when we're not doing this perfectly and we're just being a human being? Oh, because we want approval. <laughs> we still... 
you know, like my journey was, I mentioned earlier about going to Catholic school, so, you know, I was raised to have this image of an authority figure who was male in the sky who was going to say, you've been good, you've been bad. And as I grew up, I thought that I had dissolved that, and I was, like, liberated, but really I was still trying to impress something you know i just i now refer to it just as like the cosmic council but like am i good enough am i kind enough am i loving enough am i purified enough am i yogified enough Mm -hmm. and i just want to be good i just want to be good i want to be accepted i want to be cool and so if i wasn't those things if everything i was doing clean eating and meditating and trying to generate goodness wasn't working because I still was getting sinus infections or I filed for divorce, then I must be doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not as evolved as I want to be. I must, you know what, I must be a poor manifester. Mm-hmm. That's a big one for oh. people in this space. Like I'm not manifesting properly. Right. Yeah. And my experience now is, or my awareness now is, you know, your illness, your suffering, what you manifest or don't manifest may or may not have anything to do with the quality mm-hmm. of who you are. There's all sorts of reasons to be a fuck-up. <laughs> and some of them are really divine. you got to leave lots of room for mystery about why you're not getting what you want, what you want and why you might be sick. You know, and those are all... Um huge topics that really really resonate I I think I can speak for both of us but even lately I've been thinking about a lot so we're going to take a break and when we come back I'd like to hear a little bit more about um, what some of your explanations might be for um, for some of those sort of glitches in people's pursuits and manifestations we'll be right back Welcome back to the Robin Kelly Show here on talkradio.nyc. We are here with the lovely spiritual soul sister, Danielle mm-hmm. Laporte. And before the break, Danielle, you, had, you, you gave us like the perfect segue. Um, for, these are some themes that I'm personally like f- literally feeling in my body right now, even as I'm hearing you say them. So Sam, Sam was encouraging me. He's, he's like, just ask her, you know, just ask her. You've got this great counsel like right here at our disposal tonight. Um, when you speak about things like um, people maybe taking too much responsibility for what's happening with their health or circumstances that aren't manifesting, I'm not a good manifester. You know, I've been really stuck in that lately. I'm not in the right vibration or mm-hmm. my thoughts aren't positive enough or let it go. Maybe I'm overthinking it. You know, I'd like to hear you speak a little bit more to that. What are we to do with those types of feelings of inertia or, or over accountability? Mm, over accountability. That's a great phrase. Uh, well, I think there's something here about really getting to the root, the root, as, as deep as you can go with your trust and your faith. And that helps with not being so overly attached to how things work out. So I think there's a big difference between quote-unquote positive thinking versus what I would call deep think or deep positivity. So positive thinking says, you know, keep it up, be cheerful, be sunny, be hopeful, so that you can get what you want. So many of the time, much of the time, we don't get what we want. And then we might tell ourselves a story that we're a manifestation loser. Whereas if, you know, we go in like as deep as we possibly can get with that, like how positive can you be? Can you be so positive that you believe that whether you get what you want or not, you're still going to be okay? If you don't get the soulmate or the job or the money or the baby, you're still a good person. There's still lots to be grateful for. There's some greater reason. So I think that might be a spiritual, um, I don't like the phrase test, but there's something to consider there about how deep can you go with your faith when you're not getting what you want. That's one thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and, and to that point, I think it, it sounds like the distinction is that um, one is in the sort of depths of your heart versus in the kind of annals of your brain. Mm-hmm. Would that be a reasonable, like a fair characterization or separation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. One is, you know, deep positivity is, it's much more soulful. It's in your being. It's in your energy bodies, whereas positive think, it really is more externally focused. It's about it's about getting. Mm-hmm. It is about manifesting versus being okay, more than okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's only so much okayness we're gonna get, right? It's like you know, there there's okay not a quote, the okay there's not a quota on okayness, but it's like there's only so much that's possible. And again, I think you know what's so great about what you're you're talking about in your book and just in general is just the idea that um, a spiritual path is not meant to be linear necessarily. Or not have lots of different colors to it, you know, or, or not be black or wait. Yeah, it's it's supposed to have a lot of different colors to it. And that's been my experience. You know, again, I think one of the challenges that I have is that, um, you know, when I'm feeling down or going through grieving or, you know, having some negative feelings, I start judging myself. And then I feel like I should be more positive or I'm bringing the room down or I'm affecting people in a negative way. And it's like, you know, a lot of the times I'm supporting people that are going through that. And I love it when people are messy. It's just when I'm messy, I end up judging myself. That's when it really sucks when it's Mm -hmm. us. Yeah. So it's just, you know, trying to like allow ourselves again, not to be redundant, but to be a human being, you know, Mm -hmm. a superhuman instead of a superhuman. Mm. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about um, the new age douche because I love this expression and it's so much fun to say. Can you tell us what that is and how do we identify those types mm-hmm. of people and what forms do they Spiritual come? glamour, also known as being a new age douche. Um, I have been that person every once in a while and I've certainly met that person in, in, in most workshops. And it's the dynamic of you using your so-called spiritual knowledge and experience as posturing, as, make, you know, as a way to make yourself better than, superior to everybody who isn't quite as spiritual as you are. And, of course, it's coming from a place of lack of self-worth and you know that translates into someone wanting to be you know they become self-important and the ego gets inflated and all of that but it actually really backfires because it creates a lot of separation so you know it's the kind of person who tells you um how many hours they've meditated um or the amazing experience they had with the avatar or the monk, how they how you know they had privileged access, and some of us can talk about those things, and it's just really clean and down to earth, and we're just kind of stating the facts, and then other people are positioning themselves mm-hmm. and you know creating that specialness. So, yeah, it's just a drag. It's no good for anybody. You're not getting the love that you're craving when you're a spiritual douche. Um, yeah, and it does, it can be really poisonous for the other people to be around because, you know, we live in a culture where we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people about how good we look on Instagram, how much money we make, how many clicks we have, whatever, you know, all the material catchings and trappings. And now we put ourselves in the position to compare ourselves to each other's mm-hmm. spiritual prowess. Yeah. Mm. How vegan can you be? How much do you meditate? How evolved and and global are the teachers that you hang out with? Yeah. yeah. Oh, 
yeah. it's just a sad state of affairs. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of like a spiritual classroom where someone turns around and goes, I got an A on the quiz, you know, and, <laughs> and they're like, you know, comparing themselves to everybody else. Yeah. And it's like, I, I think, you know, and, and my reaction may be, well, I don't really give a shit. How was your day? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, are, are you happy? You know, did you experience peace today? And again, I've been that guy as well. You know, I, I've been guilty yeah. of it in the past where I was learning all this spirituality and so excited and wanted mm-hmm. to teach people and, oh, well, you need to do this and you need to do that. And I think it's part of growing up, you know, when you're on that path that eventually it becomes more within our soul and it's more of a grounded thing where it's like, I don't need to show everybody how spiritually important or impressive I can be or big I am. Mm-hmm. It's more about my vibe saying that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And what I've noticed with true teachers, people have really done their work, they end up being quite quiet yeah. about their work. Mm. I mean, they come off as normal. They're just, they're listening, mm-hmm. they're observing, they're accepting, and if you want to hear their stories, you need to ask about them. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've definitely become, well, for, for many, many years, be- become keenly aware of the difference between an intrinsic listener and an intrinsic talker. when you know when there's a disequilibrium between you know the two and the listener always seems louder to me on some level yeah to the point that you guys are making you know there's more richness or texture and again i'm even judging it by using those words but you know this conversation reminds me a little bit of um uh elizabeth kubler ross wrote um, a book years ago it was a compilation of a bunch of lectures that she had given Mm. and it's after she had um, graduated from talking solely about death and the process of death to more about spirituality and afterlife and at the beginning of um, i believe it was this book she talks about how um you know people come into you know obviously we're all here different sort of levels or back to rob's analogy about um classroom you know, if you're in college, are you going to be judgmental of someone who's in kindergarten? And, you know, because we all are in a different sort of whatever evolutionary place. And I'm guilty of this. I still have to watch myself sometimes. And I've really had to tamp it down and become really mindful of it because there are times where I've struggled with not feeling like I have as much to relate to as somebody who doesn't speak the same language or my patience level or my judginess starts coming out when I get... You know, when I feel like maybe somebody's not on the same path as I am, which w- makes me no more evolved than anybody else, certainly. So it's a, it's an interesting topic because it comes in the form of the student and the teacher, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, the further along you get, well, that's not the right phrase because that seems so, Yeah. you know, like there's a sequence to it, but... The more you learn, the more you, like, cultivate your wisdom, the more room you have for mystery. Like, someone could come off as a total neophyte, buffoon, and who knows? They could be the reincarnation of a bodhisattva, of a great monk, but this is who they're going to be this time around. Mm -hmm. And that's their karma and their journey to take the judgment of that, or just like, this is who I'm going to be the fool this lifetime. So yeah, I'm just I'm much more just like, oh, I'm going back off, because who knows? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I like that humility. That's always a good reminder. Um, so and sometimes I- yeah, I just have to say, don't be an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That's also a good reminder. Yeah. That's right. And by the way, don't be an idiot. So, um, but the, one of the things that I really liked about your book that I want to talk about is this idea of not rushing forgiveness. And one of the things that I try and practice in my own life, I talk to clients about, is let somebody be upset with you, like where they feel like they got to go fix it or apologize right away or something. I'm like, just get a little, com- get a little more comfortable with someone being upset with you. You know, they'll get over it. You'll be able to talk it out eventually. But I thought maybe you could talk about that a little about this idea that sometimes people rush forgiveness it's another um, let's say it's another sermon in this space around forgiveness that it's the higher road and it's what we should aspire to and I'm super down with that yes forgiveness liberates everybody involved it's it's the way to go and if you rush it, 
you actually create um, sometimes more of a wound, more of a work, for, more work for yourself. And I think sometimes, you know, the the healthiest thing to do is to say, I'm not ready to forgive. And you're going to look like you're going to look like the bad guy in, you know, in your in your progressive community. It's like you're not what? But you need to you, you got to want to forgive. You need to this is like open your heart. Don't be so closed-minded. Don't don't be so bitter. Mm-hmm. But you might be so bitter that you just need to taste that bitterness for a little while longer mm-hmm. and just be real and that's where you're at. Because if you fake forgive, it's just going to fester. And like 6 months down the road or 6 years down the road, it's going to come out. And that person's going to say, I thought you forgave me. Be like, well, actually, I'm not over it. (laughs) But if you would have been more real in the beginning and just said, I'm not there. And, you know, the next step, I think, after that is, if you're ready, when you're ready, you can say, I want to forgive. I haven't yet. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But I do have the desire to forgive. And somewhere in there, because you're a loving person, you need to forgive yourself mm-hmm. for not wanting to forgive. Like that's where, mm. I mean, that's where I particularly relate. There's been some situations where I've been where I just like, I I need to. I'm just not ready. Just so seething still about this situation. This has not been unpacked, and then all this criticism comes in. First step forgive myself for not being super awesome and not wanting to forgive. And then that creates some, a melting, you know, in some space and then you can, can move forward. Mm-hmm. Danielle, I have a new name for you. Danielle, keeping it the real deal Laporte. I love it. I love it. So <laughs> It's hard to put in a hashtag, but I'll go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we're actually going to head to our last break. And when we come back, we'll finish up talking about the book and, and we'll have some takeaways for people. So we will be right back. And welcome back to the Robin Kelly Show here on talkradio.nyc. We are here with Danielle Laporte. And man, sometimes these hours go quickly. Damn, I know. This they show go fast. Like flew when you got, by. We got a guest like this one here. Man. Um, so, in our final quarter, Danielle, I'd love to hear from you about, you know, just sort of the overarching theme of. Um, of self-compassion, which I think is what all of this comes down to and what you um, really, you know, what you what the book represents, right? Isn't it sort of one of the bigger overarching themes? Yeah, I think until you give yourself a break, you'll never have the breakthroughs that you want. Well, that was good. I think I need to tweet that one. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> write that down. I know, write that down. Yeah, I write that down. And, I mean, that's what we're all seeking anyway, is acceptance, right? Acceptance by whomever we're trying to prove ourselves to, whatever we call God, or whoever we're loving. And when you just give yourself a break, when you can apply that self-compassion, you get what you've been craving. I think your brain starts firing in a different way. So you can see some solutions. You can find your medicine, whatever is going to help you be right in that way, help you create healing in that way. And the love, start, the love and respect starts to flow for yourself. Uh, and then you can go be a service. I mean, really, you know, my not-so-hidden agenda with my current soapbox position is I want you to love yourself more deeply. Be, be compassionate for where you're at pour on that love and that medicine because that's awesome and then would you please then engage with our really suffering world love yourself get off your ass go take care of our global situation mm-hmm. yeah so so in what form does that come what does that look like when you say get off your ass and take care of our global situation what do you um, what do you suggest see that you I think it starts with Seeing that you're connected, it doesn't matter what someone else's political beliefs are, 
we're all in this together. I mean, so many of, of us, like, we can buy in conceptually to the, to the notion that it's all oneness. Like, we get that. We know that we come from the same source, even though some of us are Democrats or Republicans, some, you know, whatever it is that creates our differences, right? But that's, you know, to be in service, we need to go back to those root beliefs and to, to, find, to find the connection. So that's part of it. Being informed is part of a modern spirituality now. We can't block out the news because it's so-called negative. We have to know what's going on in the world to know where to apply our love and awareness. And I think specifically speaking to people who identify as being on a spiritual path, they, they've got their version of spirituality, of soul, of energy, of doing light work. I think we need to put our energy work where our mouths are. And instead of saying to someone, I'm wishing you well, or, you know, how many times a day or a week do, do all of us say, um, I'll, I'll send light. I'm praying for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you actually doing it? Mm-hmm. Are you intentionally, actively holding that person in your meditation that morning? When you read about one more shooting, one more terrorist attack, are you taking just, just four minutes, just four minutes to sit in silence and apply your light and your prayer to that situation? Are you lighting a candle in the morning for your friend who's fighting cancer? Can you walk? Maybe can you, can you dedicate your subway ride to everybody who's trying to have a baby or all the first responders or everybody in Syria? Hmm. Like really just the really esoteric, energetic soul work. Because we know, we know, you know, engaged citizens know you need to vote. You need to do what you can in terms of shifting policy, and you need to give some money. You need to donate to the Red Cross and be kind and have good manners. But we got to take, you know, quote-unquote spiritual people, we got to take our stuff to the next level. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it's like a call to action. I love it. And especially in the climate that we're living in these days where so many people are inspired to do things that they've never done, to take actions they haven't taken, you know, it's a wake-up call in a way in so many different ways with what's going on. Um, and I just love how you talk about being of service. Um, I just think it's such a reminder to all of us that we're here to enjoy life and be of service. And, mm-hmm. and it's sort of vice versa. Sometimes the way to be of service is to enjoy ourselves. Enjoy life. Yeah, yeah. show yes. people, hey, we're not just talking about the pain and suffering. We're here to actually have fun, laugh, and enjoy ourselves. Yeah, because yeah. that makes you stronger. Like, you know, the best metaphor is me being sick doesn't help you be well. Mm-hmm. Right. And if I can be joyful and live abundantly without taking without hurting anybody else, like, I'm halfway there. And then if I can use that joy and that abundance to then serve and work hard and have it spill over, then, then you know, then the good karma begins. Mm-hmm. So what do you say, because you, you talk a lot about, um, ultimately, we are our own best gurus, and that we've, we've sort of, um, we've kind of gone astray when it comes to trusting ourselves and our intuition. That's sort of how we started the show and your own personal story. What can people do to find their own voice again or to learn to trust it more? Mm-hmm. And why do we go? Um, so why do we cut ourselves so adrift from our own voice? Well, we cut ourselves off from it because it's really hard work to do. Because we <laughs> want to be saved. We want to be helped. We want comfort. <laughs> we want approval. Yes. And um, I've gotten so much better at that, Danielle. Even in this last you? hour, I've gotten better at it. Bullshit. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what I did. Is I've gone on an input fast. I don't know if Kelly, you and I were talking about this before, but I. Uh, I, like, I feel like I'm in an AA meeting when I say this. My name is Danielle, 
It has now been almost 10 months, going on 10 months, since I've had a psychic reading. (laughs) 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 What else would you like to confess? I haven't had an astrology reading. Um, I do not currently have a coach. I do have a psychotherapist because I've got to keep my shit together. And I do have an energy worker. So I'm covering, I have my, my trifecta, me, and then psychology, and then esoterics. <laughs> and there's times, like I have been Jonesing, actually. There's, there's lots happening in my life right now. You're like, oh, just a little reading. <laughs> just like, maybe just a little tarot something to tell me what's coming down the pike. But no. And it turns out that I have not messed up my life. I have made some decent decisions. And, yeah, I feel, I feel spacious, calm, so much calmer. And, yeah, I saved a few bucks. <laughs> Don't agree with you. Wow. And that is, is that, great. Is that also, and just quickly with our remaining minutes before um, we talk more about your, your upcoming book, uh, Rockstar Book Tour, et cetera, because uh, we want to give you a little bit of time for that. Um, do you um, do you think that's because you've cut down on the, the voices in, in your head? Basically, like less, you know, just less less interference? Yeah, there's fewer. There, I mean, I'm literally getting fewer external opinions. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking my, it helps me, you know, I've taken the weight off of like, oh, I need to get somebody's input. Should I turn left? Should I turn right? Should I sign? Should I not sign? You know? And without that kind of, without all that, the input, the other voices, there's more of this lightness where it's like, eh, I'm going to get it right or I'm going to get it wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm going to learn the lesson my soul wants me to learn anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to trust. I'm going to trust that this is going to turn out hopefully the way I want it to turn out. It'll definitely turn out for the better. <laughs> hopefully my idea of awesome is in sync with for the better. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling uh, they are. I yeah. have a feeling it oh, is. I like that. That's a good t-shirt. Okay, so again, the book is White Hot Truth, Clarity for Keeping It Real on Your Spiritual Path from One Seeker to Another. Danielle, where can people find the book? Tell us about you being in New York. The book. The book's everywhere. You can... It comes out on May 16th, but you can pre-order it now. If you pre-order it before May 16th, the beautiful thing is uh, you can come to my site and you get the audiobook free. I actually think the audiobook is better than the written book because I can just like just like super give you the tone and be real. And book tour, New York City, Wednesday, May 17th. I'm going to be speaking at the symphony space 7 p.m spoken word q a it's like this back and forth improv social justice spiritual activism inappropriate laughter it's be juicy and then on may 21st that's a sunday i'll be outside of seattle at the wanderlust festival and then san francisco june 16th la it's my last stop for now June 23rd. Yeah, June 23rd, L.A. at Agape. Cool. Excellent. Well, we would definitely, I will be there um, uh, for your New York visit with my sister, number one. So I'll look forward to that. I'll be there, too. Oh, uh, good. Rob's I get to hug you. Oh, good. Yep, okay, definitely. good. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to let everybody know is about um, the beautiful interview that you and I did for my other um, podcast, in Conscious Company, which is on ConsciousGood.com. People can go, and um, if you can't get enough of Danielle, which many people can't, you can go and enjoy another half-hour podcast there. Um, so you just go on to ConsciousGood.com on the homepage, and you can find that podcast. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us. We feel so much better. I think we've, this is like a great dose of medicine for us. Mm, yeah. for you guys are lovely. Thank you, and thank you to everybody listening. Yeah, Danielle, thank you so much for being on the show. I consider you a spiritual rock star. Yes. <laughs> I'll take that. That's an easier hashtag, so I'm going to go with that one. There you go. All there right. you go. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and thanks for listening, everybody. Take care.